Hi, and welcome to Vetsplanation. I'm your veterinary host, Dr. Sugarman, and I'm going to teach you about veterinary medicine. In this podcast, we can dive deeper into the understanding of what our pets are going through and break down medical terms into easier to understand chunks of information. Just a quick disclaimer, this podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not meant to be a diagnosis for your pet. If you have questions about diagnostics or treatment options, please talk to your veterinarian about those things. Remember, we are all practicing veterinary medicine, and medicine is not an exact science. Your veterinarian may have different treatment options and different opinions. The information I provide here is to help pet parents have a better understanding about their pets. If you like our podcast, please consider sharing this podcast with at least one friend or just somebody else who has pets as well. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Everybody, welcome back to Vet's Explanation. I am your host, Dr. Sugarman. So I have here with me today, Dr. Z. Hello, I'm thank glad you. to be back. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for coming back. I'm super excited about this topic because I think I'm going to learn so much today. Yes, I, I love the, this topic as well. One yes. of my favorite things. <laughs> Perfect. Today we're going to be talking about fleas. Okay, yes. Yes. So what are fleas? I have so many fun facts about fleas. I can't wait to share them with you. <laughs> I'll just start from the beginning. I have a lot yes. of notes here to go through. I can't um, wait to hear about the history of these fleas. Yes, so yes. I have to talk about the history. Modern fleas are what we consider the fleas like we have today. They're actually really old, 20 to 60 million years old. It seems. Yeah, they've been found on like, you know, those mammoths that they mm-hmm. find in the ice. Mm-hmm. There's fleas on those mammoths. Wow. And then in amber, amber is really a good way to preserve things yeah. for eons. And we've found fleas in amber and they've actually dug those out of the amber and looked harder at them. And there's bacteria in those fleas that are very similar to the plague that we have today. Very interesting. These things are ancient and (laughs) been sucking on us for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Before us, actually. Yeah. Yes. And in China, they found some fossil, like dinosaur fossils, and there was fleas on them that were much bigger. So back back in the day, they seemed to be about one inch long. Oh, my gosh. Which makes sense because dinosaurs were really big. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, that totally (laughs) makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder why they got smaller. All the animals got smaller. I don't know if I were to harbor a guest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fleas are wingless insects. They don't have wings in any of their life stages. And they have these crazy laterally compressed bodies, almost like two-dimensional. Like very Um, skinny, you mean? Yeah, like flat. Mm -hmm. Like a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that thin, but pretty dang thin. Yeah. And on their legs, they have lots of little claws with tiny hairs that point backward, and they help them stick onto the the host. (laughs) And it really helps them run between the hairs of their skin, and so they can just stick and stay and move quickly throughout the body of the animal. Um, It helps with that obstacle course of fur. Yeah, Yeah. it's like not an obstacle for them. They just slip through like a piece of paper. (laughs) And they have these crazy mouth parts that always remind me of like horror movies, like the monsters with their the things hanging. That's what their faces look like. Yeah. They have these giant mandibles and a couple other parts that just like they're they're super developed for sucking blood. That's yeah. what they do. And their legs are pretty crazy too. They have these hind legs that are developed for leaping and they can jump, of course, really far. And I like to compare it to a person, like mm-hmm. if you and I were jumping as far as a flea would, it would be like we could soar for about two football fields, take That's a big jump so for two far. football fields. Yeah. <laughs> That's how far they can, there's oh like gosh. a mechanism and it like ping and they just shoot themselves 
really far. So they can really jump. And that helps them jump onto their hosts when they're passing by. They are obligates, meaning they have to suck blood. They're parasites. They're permanent parasites. They can't live without a host. And there's so many types of fleas out there. I was looking. There's over 2,500 species of fleas, oh which I didn't know until no, I, I looked didn't know that either. up. But thankfully, only a few of those 2,500 affect us and our pets. And 95% of them feed on mammals, but 5% also feed on birds. There are some mm-hmm. bird fleas out there. <clears throat> but we hardly ever deal with those. Yeah, luckily. Yeah. Yeah. And the main one that we see is called the cat flea or tenocephalidus felis. It's a weird spelling. It's got a silent C on the face. It's always just... had something I remember in vet school. I had to <laughs> yeah. remember it's C. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say the C. C. Yeah. It's just tenocephalides felis. Yeah. Felis just means cat. So that's the cat flea that we see. Over 90% of the fleas that we diagnose on our pet dogs as well are cat fleas, actually. There is a dog flea, Tenocephalidus canis, but we hardly ever see that one. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know. You would have to look at it microscopically to the differentiate. Right. Who really cares? It, it just seems like they're the same, mostly the cat flea. Yeah. <clears throat> also affecting us, though, as far as the other types of species that, that can hurt us, ground squirrel fleas and rat fleas are the most common ones to carry the plague. Mm-hmm. If you got rats around... Or prairie dogs, I believe they get the squirrel, ground squirrel flea, or the rat flea. Those guys are more likely to carry the plague. But our cat fleas can carry it too. (laughs) Yeah. Just not as great as carriers as the rat or the squirrel fleas. There are human fleas, which I was reading a little (laughs) bit about. It sounded really nasty. (laughs) I don't really know much about them, except that there are some out there. And then poultry fleas, of course, for chickens and stuff. But yeah, mainly this whole talk, I'm going to be talking about the cat. Okay, Okay. perfect. (laughs) So now what is the life cycle of these fleas? So why does that matter? Yeah, it's really good to know the life cycle of all the parasites that we deal with because it helps us battle uh, the best way to stop them Mm -hmm. from hurting us. (laughs) Yes. And hitting their life cycle from many areas is the easiest, the best way to stop them and prevent, prevent them. So let's talk about the life cycle of a flea. Adult fleas, first of all, can live over 100 days. So they live a long life. (laughs) The females, they'll lay their eggs usually within 24 to 36 hours of obtaining their host. So they mate with a male. They find a male, they mate, they lay an egg a day later. They start laying eggs. That's so fast. Really fast. They mature fast. They bite fast. They lay eggs fast. And so let's start with those eggs. They're laid on the pet. They don't jump off the pet and lay eggs on the ground. The eggs are being laid on your pet. And then they just roll off. They're not sticky. They just roll off and fall into the environment. So the eggs aren't really staying on the dog or the cat for very long. They just fall off. They are almost microscopic. It's really hard to see the eggs. They're tiny. They're less than a half a millimeter long. I have sometimes picked a flea off an adult cat and just with the flea comb or a dog. And I've smashed it between my fingernails. And then eggs have come out. And so I feel like I have seen some eggs. Crazy. But they're like, and they're white and they're tiny. And like, Mm -hmm. oh, look, that one had eggs in it. But they're they're, usually you don't see them because they're so tiny. And see, one adult flea, just some more fun facts intermingled here, can eat about 15 times of its body weight and blood every day. I was like comparing that to myself. I'm about 200 pounds, plus or minus. So I would have to eat like, 3,000, 4,000 pounds per day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, to be like a flea. Yeah. And then I would jump for two football to to work it off. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
<laughs> but anyway, it's a lot of blood. One little flea yeah. eats a ton of blood. <clears throat> and one female adult lays 40 to 50 eggs every day. So yeah. it's not just one egg coming out a day. It's 40 to 50. And then that flea lives, if, it, if it's not killed, it lives for 100 plus days. Yeah. And so that would be four to 5,000 eggs in a couple months. And that's just one adult female. You have to think every egg is going to, 50% of those is going to produce another female. So this just leads to exponential growth. Infestations can happen like in the drop of a hat. Usually within a couple of months, you have a huge, huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just from one flea. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So the eggs drop off. Let's, let's follow the life cycle. Yeah. Go and moving right along. They fall off into the environment and then they hatch out these little larvae, they're little worms, and they look like little white worms with a brown face. They, <laughs> they wiggle around in the environment and they like to eat the debris that's nearby. If there's flea poop there, that's their favorite. They thrive mm. on the flea dirt or flea poop, what mom and dad provide yeah. for them. Like the milk of fleas. Yes. And that yeah. might be why <laughs> they eat so much so they can provide poop for their babies. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but oftentimes the fleas that you're seeing on your pet are from eggs that hatched a few weeks ago so just keep that in mind and these larvae they like warm humid conditions so this is the more vulnerable ones they like it to be warm and, and moist they go through two molts and it's a huge variety of time for how long those molts can happen yeah if this, the conditions are right it goes quickly like within nine days they've done both of their molts if it's dry and cold and Whatever else, they can just go much more slowly and take two hundred up to 200 days to get wow. through both of those molds. So they're still there. They're still just slowly working on growing. The third molt, then they turn into a cocoon and then a pupa develops inside of it. And it can sit in there waiting to hatch for up to a year. So those, those pupa, the cocoons that they're in are very hardy and they are stimulated, though, to hatch. Um and if, if all the conditions are right, they'll hatch within a week. So seven days to a year. <laughs> yeah. And what stimulates them to hatch is a, a bunch of things. So heat is number one. So if it's warm, they're going to hatch in seven days. Carbon dioxide, if there's a lot of animals breathing around, mm -hmm. that attracts that them. It stimulates the hatching. And then if there's vibration, like that's been shown to stimulate. Like walking. Yeah. It's like just the patter of feet or movement nearby, shaking them a little bit stimulates them to hatch so wow. there's those three things are always happening in a household yeah right, right exactly <laughs> you breathe you walk and yeah. you home and you usually have the thermostat on right <laughs> and you said they're super hardy right so cold like cold weather do anything freezing do anything to them or... good so it would to like the larva and the eggs a little bit but those cocoons they are resistant to freezing they're resistant to all the insecticides and you know growth regulators like the flea bombs and stuff won't touch cocoons. Wow. They do not dry out. They're resistant to drying, like hardy in desert conditions. They can mm -hmm. survive for a year. <laughs> so at the end of the time, we're going to have cockroaches and flea cocoons. Yeah, maybe I, I'd have yeah. to research cockroaches because <laughs> yeah. I think they're pretty hardy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fleas for sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe ticks too. We'll ticks. go, we'll oh, go we'll into go that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. <laughs> Actually, ticks are even harder to kill than fleas. Yeah. So, okay. So then the new little baby flea emerges from the cocoon. It's been stimulated to hatch by any of those things. And immediately they are 
trained or it's in their instincts to watch for shadows. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. They have like eyes. And if there's like a blinking light that stimulates them to jump, boom, they start jumping. So if like somebody walks by, a dog walks by, or if they're outside where the the flea hatched outside because the dog was sitting out there and the egg rolled off into the grass, and then there was a new flea hatching outside, um, you know, any shadow or whatever will make it jump and hopefully land on a host. And they seem to be good at this. (laughs) They've been around forever, so they they must have figured it out by now. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. I know. Millions of years. (laughs) And there's a really cool doctor down at, in Florida. I think there's a vet school down there. Yep. Dr. Dryden, he's retired now, but he did a lot of cool studies on fleas. And he developed these flea traps that were cool because they had the blinking light, like a green blinking light. Uh-huh. They like green, too, because they're usually outside in the, in the grass. grass. Yeah. Yep. And, and then he put like a sticky paper down by this blinking light. And all the fleas would jump toward it. And that's how he would count Crazy. flea loads in there. Yeah. <laughs> we should catch all the fleas up there. The green blinking light. Yeah, pretty cool. Anyway, once they get on the new host, again, they feed within seconds and find a mate within seconds. Hopefully there's a man, male one that jumped on as well. Yeah. And they can get together and make some babies. <laughs> and then I, I know, I don't think we had mentioned this, but how many babies you, you had mentioned it was like up to a thousand or something like that they could have in their lifetime if they uh-huh. did it every day, right? Yeah. yeah. Again, 40 to 50 eggs per day. Yeah. And then that's within a day they're, they're laying that. And then it, they live about 100 days if they're not killed. Right, right. And not chewed up by the dog or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> a, a perfect life of a flea living for 100. She's living for 100 days. So she could li- lay like 4,000 to 5,000 eggs That's in crazy. her lifetime before yeah. she dies of old age. Yeah, yeah. Of old age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a long time. Yeah. Mm. So where are these fleas like commonly found in our environment then? Are they mostly outside or do we see them inside as well? So the adults are probably never going to be found in the environment because they're just so quickly jumping and trying to get onto a host that you hardly ever see the adult. The adults are usually just on the pet. And that's where we're seeing them mostly. That yeah. For us is pretty much on the pet. On the pet, yeah. yeah. What's in the environment are the the eggs, the pupa, the larva. It's called the biomass and gross <laughs> name, but that's what it is. There's millions of that in a in an infested home, like yeah. everywhere. And it usually is in areas where the pets spend a lot of time not moving too much. So like where they lay down to take a nap. Um, it, it can be, you know, in the carpets, if especially if they like to burrow down into the or fall down and then hatch at the bottom of the carpet, you know, is where flea, yeah. flea larva and stuff will be. Um, but also in places with hardwood floors, they can get fleas too. And it, you don't sweep the corners. There could be some microscopic eggs in the corner that's yeah. just accumulated over time with a infested dog right. lying nearby. So um, let's see if they spend a lot of time outside. So those areas can become infected, infested too, like under the porch or in shaded bushes or the doghouse, crawl spaces, wherever the pets or the wildlife that carry them are yeah. you know, spending time. Dr. Dryden, the one I told you about, also likes to refer to dogs and cats that have fleas as salt shakers <laughs> for the eggs. The salt are the eggs. Yeah. So they're just going around shaking like off shaking the eggs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> so they're the salt shakers. Um, <laughs> People are not going to look at salt shakers the same. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. So that's how pets usually obtain their fleas is from a newly hatching flea from a cocoon in one of these biomass Mm -hmm. areas. They don't get fleas typically from another dog or cat that has adult fleas. They, once a flea's on a pet, they don't want to leave that pet. Yeah. They're like, this is this is jackpot. It's a forever home. I'm staying yeah. here forever. Nice. So unless you like physically pluck that flea off and put it onto another pet, they're mm-hmm. not going to go there. Great. So not they're jumping from own. host to host. No, they don't jump from host yeah. to host. They just jump to get on their one host. And yeah. Then they stay for life. Okay. Yeah. So if you like get a flea bite on a human, it's usually because there was one that just in your home. Right. And it's jump, it's jump, jump, it's jump. And then, oh, there's a human. Fine. I'll bite that. Okay. So yeah. Also, salt shakers to think about besides our dogs and our cats. We see fleas on possums, raccoons, coyotes, foxes, squirrels, for sure. Yeah. Wherever there's a lot of those wildlife, they probably harbor fleas and are dropping them in the environment nearby, especially if you have a lot of those pests. And I would be very strict about flea control on your pet because they're probably being like a constant threat. They're constantly getting new fleas jumping. Yeah, that's my whole backyard. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So do yeah. lots of fleas. Oh, control. we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. I saw a yes. possum the other night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. We definitely have them. Yeah. And raccoons, of course. They're yes, all over. Exactly. But since they are so hardy, is there even a flea season then that people talk about? Yeah. So the immature stages, like the the warm and the mice, moist times. So summer months, warmer months for sure. But those pupa and the cocoons, they... They survive easily in, you know, the cold and the dry conditions. And the adults, once they're on a host, they live happily on that host for a hundred plus days, (laughs) which can take you right into the winter. No problem. And in our area in the Pacific Northwest, it just doesn't get very cold or very dry for very long here. It's mostly wet. Yeah, maybe August we're lucky and it's sunny most of the time. But that's about it. Um I often say it's January. I'm like, why? When is this rain going to stop? It's, it's June. Yeah. <laughs> and why is it 50 degrees? But anyway, yeah, so it doesn't get cold enough or dry enough to really kill fleas successfully in the environment here. And then again, they're just most of the time setting up this biomass, which is constantly rehatching itself inside homes where it's warm. Right. And so they're very successful at staying alive and well year round yeah. here. So I totally disagree with anyone who says that it's flea season Yeah, here anyway. Yeah. It's flea in, season year round here. Right. <laughs> it was in California. We pretty much, we definitely had flea season all year round there okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of places are like that, but I haven't lived everywhere and missed it. So right. I'm not sure. Yeah. But for here, I highly recommend year round flea control. Okay. <laughs> So on our pets, like if we're going to go looking for any of those fleas on our pets, where where do you think we're going to find them mostly? Good question. So adults can be sneaky and they're hard to find because they're running away quickly. Unless you have a big infestation and sometimes they're all over and that's pretty obvious. But cats especially are good at grooming and they'll lick off yeah. the adults as soon, almost as soon as they hatch and then uh, you never really see the adult. Um, but they always leave behind their poop, right. the, the baby food. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's called flea frass, technically, F-R-A-S-S. Um, or we often say flea dirt. But that's what it is. It's actually just flea poop. And you can find that if you get a flea comb. It's like a really tight-teethed comb. Some of the ones you can buy over the counter, the, the teeth of the combs are too far apart and you'll miss it. Yeah. They have to be almost touching each other. It has to be a specific flea comb. We have really good ones here. 
And you want to comb a good flea zone where they usually are hanging out a lot and pooping a lot is on the back near the tail. Mm -hmm. It's like the caudal dorsum, we call it. If you comb quite a bit right there and then look at the hair that you pull up and put it on your hand, if there are little black specks in there, that's probably flea dirt. But to make sure, you can put it on a white paper towel and then put some drops of water on it. Mm -hmm. And when those flea dirts rehydrate, they turn to a reddish-brown color. From the blood that it yeah, sucked, right? Because it's yeah. when it's dried out and pooped out, it's, it's desiccated and dark. But when you re make it wet again, you can see that it was actually blood that was pooped out. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> but that way you know it's not like sand. Right? Sometimes right. other little black things can yeah, just be not flea dirt. dirt right? yeah. 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 But it's flea dirt if it turns red. So do that little test. And if you see that, you have a problem whether or not you can see adults to convince you. If you have flea dirt, there's a huge problem and you right. like to treat for fleas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so look on the, the tail head back area and get a flea comb. That's the best I can say. That's the best place to look for fleas. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so when I do that, I would say like one of the number one things I'm doing that for is because I'm diagnosing that pet pet with probably also a flea allergy dermatitis when uh, I'm in the yeah. ER. Yes. So can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, one of the most common problems we'll see with fleas is the flea saliva just most biting insects, they have histamine-like substances in them, so mosquitoes do the same thing. And it causes a welt with itching where they bite. And it totally depends on the individual dog or cat sensitivity. Some people have allergies, some people don't. Mm -hmm. Same with, with pets. And so some dogs like, can get a flea bite and they don't react hardly at all yeah. to it. And you'll never know that dog has fleas sometimes. They're not very itchy. And then you have one dog that's super sensitive to flea saliva and has an allergy to it, and they get a huge welt, and it's super itchy from every flea bite. Right. And they're, like, constantly scratching and biting at themselves. They start to lose hair. They get infections and rashes and scabs from right. it. And then that's what we call flea allergy dermatitis. Yeah. Those dogs usually need, besides flea control, they need antibiotics and topicals, sometimes a short course of steroids just to get that reaction under control. So they stop biting themselves to death. Yeah. 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 So, and some cats are so hypersensitive to fleas, they can develop these crazy plaques called the eosinophilic plaques, either in their lips or sometimes where they're licking on their belly, they'll get these big giant red raised right. wet lesions that are like thick and hard. And you have to do high, high doses of steroids to get those under control. Do see that a lot as well in the ER. Yeah, unfortunately, it'll be like yeah. my cat's lip is swollen, and it's right. like a big old ulcer right there yeah. from this eosinophilic response. Yeah. yeah, and that can be due to other allergies. It's not always fleas, but I would certainly rule out fleas and just treat that cat with flea control. Yes, <laughs> easiest like, thing. Yeah, like, I'm like, why not? That thing. might fix it. If it doesn't, then you can chase other allergies yeah. that yeah. could be causing the same thing. Besides itchiness and stuff from like the dermatitis, is there other things then? Um, that we have to worry about with those flea bites? Oh, absolutely. This is like my favorite part. <laughs> well, We're first, about to gross everybody out now. Yeah. <laughs> if they weren't already. Well, first of all, I mean, like, especially the really young kittens and puppies that have a huge flea burden, those fleas are eating, again, 15 times their body weight right. each in blood. And so you can actually, you can imagine that you could get anemic from that. And some of these poor kittens come in like almost white because they have no blood. Mm -hmm. The fleas have been eating it all. It's really sad. So there's anemia and all the problems that come with that. If it's severe enough, maybe a blood transfusion is needed or something. But usually just getting the fleas off of them and under control, they can produce blood again and recover. 
But one of the most interesting things, I think, is that these fleas can harbor pathogens in their spit and in themselves. And then when they bite you, they can transmit these pathogens and bacteria diseases. Can The biggest one, of course, is the plague. The plague. The Black Death. But yeah, the Black Death was huge. It killed so many people. And we didn't understand that it was from the fleas back then. The rats that carried it were harboring all these fleas and then they contained the, the Yersinia pestis is the name of the bacteria and that's what was infecting people and causing the bubonic plague. The rodent flea and the I think the squirrel flea are the big ones that transmit that one the most they're most likely to carry Yersinia pestis but again yeah. it has been shown that Tennis is the cat flea can also right. carry it so it's a concern. Um, more commonly, though, we see our cat fleas transmitting Bartonellosis, which is another bacterial disease. It's also known as cat scratch fever. Right. And it's zoonotic. People can get it, too. And that's spread through the flea poop, the, the flea dirt, actually. So if you have any hangnails and you're scratching your pet and getting some flea dirt in there, you might get cat scratch fever. Yeah. You don't have to just get a scratch, a scratch from a cat. cat. Yeah. Right. Most, that's what most people think is you have to get bit or scratched by a cat. Yeah, it's, no, it's the, the fleas. Yeah. yeah. And it's so if you have flea control, it doesn't matter if you get scratched by mm -hmm. your cat, you're not going to get burnt analysis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's all, I think it's got the name cat scratch fever because cats with fleas would scratch themselves mm -hmm. and get the flea dirt on their nails. And then when they scratch uh, you, scratch it gets into your bloodstream. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Mm -hmm. There's also hematropic mycoplasmosis. It's another kind of infectious anemia for cats. It makes them super anemic, not just because the, the fleas are drinking their blood, but because it induces a, like an autoimmune response in the cat and they start attacking their own red cells on top of it. They're trying to kill the parasite, which gets in right. the red blood cells. But obviously you can't live without your red blood cells. So it's like a downward spiral and it's yeah. pretty, pretty serious if they get that. Fleas can also transmit rickettsial diseases like ticks in some cases, and Leishmania can be has been shown to be transmitted by fleas as well. Wow. And then probably one of the most common things we see is tapeworm infections. Actually, the tapeworm is a very another very interesting parasite. <laughs> has an incredible life cycle, where part of its life cycle goes through an adult flea. Like they live, they have a life stage inside of the adult flea, and it develops in there. And then when the cat eats the flea, then it hatches inside the gut yeah, <laughs> out of the flea belly and becomes a tapeworm. Yeah, inside the... So those are called diplidium caninum, hard to say. Tapeworms, there's a couple different types of tapeworms, but that's probably the most common one that we see is the flea tapeworm, actually. Yeah. So there is a dewormer that takes care of it, usually one treatment, but if they keep eating fleas, they can just keep getting more tapeworms. So when you're treating tapeworms, you have to also treat for fleas. <laughs> it's a big yes. thing that yeah, that's a good point. I try to explain. Yeah, we can deworm your cat, but let's also get him on flea control. Otherwise, he's going to get more tapeworms. Yes. <laughs> you got to do both. No way around it. But I've always wondered when the, the bottom of the tequila thing that has the, the tapeworm in it, yeah, I've always wondered if it was the diplidium caninum. It's not a tapeworm, though. It's if you tapeworm? look at it, it's like okay. a, it looks like a segmented larva of some kind. Oh. So I was, a, I've never done one, so I don't know. We should look it up. We have to look that. <laughs> have to know about this. I thought it was more like a yeah, like a maggot-looking thing. I don't know. Oh, we'll have to, we have to find out now. Yeah, exactly. Super gross. Have <laughs> so, you ever eaten one? I've never eaten. One. Nope. <laughs> Thank nope. Me neither. I couldn't nope. do it. Couldn't do it. <laughs> I just already know what like the life cycle and stuff is. So uh, there's no way. No. Well, I imagine it's dead. 
So I hope. I don't know. Of course, <laughs> down in there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll look that up. Okay. So, so now that we know all the life cycle and stuff with fleas, like how how can we treat them for fleas? Then. Okay, let's go into it. The first goal is to kill those adult fleas, right? Duh. We yes. want to kill them. Yes. And we want to try and kill them before they can lay eggs, right? It's, just a, right. it's a tough battle because they lay eggs so quickly. 24 to 36 hours, right. they're laying eggs after they have their first meal. Best. Yeah. But luckily, we have some newer products that will kill them that quickly, like within 24 hours. And those seem to be the most effective. I'll go the, into them in a second. But the second goal, besides killing the adult fleas, we want to clear out the biomass, right? All of the pupa and the larvae and the eggs that are salt shaken in the environment. So uh, let's let's go through it one by one. So the the newer products that kill the adults and practicing how to say it. Okay. (laughs) Isoxazoline. Isoxazoline. Nice. I used to say it totally different before, but I actually looked it up. Okay. Isoxazoline. So think like iPod, Isox. Isoxazoline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of them out there. These are pretty cool. They came from, we've noticed people that study marine sponges, like mm-hmm. out in the oceans. There's certain sponges that produce these chemicals that prevent parasites and stuff from eating them, like slugs and snails wow. will die if they eat, try to eat these sponges. Yeah. And so we've actually figured out what they're releasing that's preventing that. And that's where these came from. The iso- that's crazy. Isoxazolines. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that's where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of them are from them. And then we've also synthesized some to mimic the same structure, molecular structure of them or whatever. So the brand names of these are Brevecto, Semperica, Nexgard, and Cordelio, or Cordelio, however you want to say it. Those are carrying these isoxazolines that are very effective at killing fleas. Thankfully. And ticks too, by the way. And mites. Nice. <laughs> and mosquitoes. They actually kill mosquitoes too. Oh, I knew that they repelled them. I didn't know they killed them. Yeah. 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 So they, they don't actually repel. They have oh, okay. to bite and then they die. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no repellent activity, but there are older over the counter products too that have been around a long time. Frontline and Vantage yeah. are the over the counter ones. Revolution is a prescription that is, is a topical as well, just like Frontline and Advantage. And they all just have different chemicals in them that do kill fleas. They're just not as quick as the isoxazolines. They yeah. take a little bit longer. And so I think they're just less effective in general because of that, because that, that female has a chance to lay a couple of eggs right. before right. it dies. A couple thousand. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully just 40. Yeah. And then because it, you know, one day and then it dies. Yeah. <laughs> But if we take Rebecca or Semperica, then they will die before that 24-hour mark before she can lay an egg. So, yeah. Yep. Let's see. So if you're using one of the older products or, or Revolution or Frontline or Advantage, if you're not being really good about putting it on every month and treating all the pets in the house, it's just a little bit harder to get them under control. Mm-hmm. So. There's also some data out there about resistance with these older products. It's it's difficult to document. Um, when I actually dug into it, it was hard to find any studies. But um, there was one where some poor college student had to look at flea poop. <laughs> <laughs> and they found that over 60% of the fleas were finding ways to clear the compound. I think it was a study on Fipronil, which is yeah. frontline. 
And 60% of those fleas over time started pooping out the fipronil more than, and so they, they weren't dying from it. Mm. Like they were, they did actually document some resistance. Right. Interesting. Um, by looking at flea poop. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I wonder why they haven't done that with more of I, I imagine it's up and coming. There's lots of research to right. be done always. And I'd say anecdotally, these older products just don't seem to be working as well, mm -hmm. in my opinion, just being a vet over the years. I'm right. like, because I've had people come in and be like, I just put Frontline on two days ago and there's like a live fleas crawling on this. I guess they could have just hatched and jumped on. True. But it seems like it's not working yeah. as yeah. well. So I really like the isoxazolines simply because of the faster speed of kill. And they, they last longer too. The advantage in Frontline are maybe three, four weeks and then they, they wear off. And right. so the Brevecto especially lasts for three months, which is really nice. Yes, that's when I remember, oh, I forgot I need to put some more flea stuff on. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's hard to remember to do it. Yes. I'm glad <laughs> my own cats have gotten fleas multiple times. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I forgot it. Yep. I yep. put it on. Okay, so basically I recommend any of the isoxazolines for both dogs and cats. For cats, I really like Brevecto Plus to be specific. Um, that's two months for cats, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what's so yeah. great about it. It lasts for two months. It actually probably lasts for three, but... For the label to cover, there was one tick that would be not killed in the oh, third month. So they're like, if you want to protect against the, all the ticks, you need to do it every two months. But either way, yeah, every two months, Brevecto Plus. And that's just so nice because it's longer than all of the other topicals mm -hmm. for cats. Plus the Brevecto Plus covers like more worms and all of the other ones. So it's just a broader spectrum option. It's what I put on my cat. I really like it. For dogs, there's a couple good ones. Brevecto, of course, does fleas and ticks really well, but I actually like Simpericatrio the best. Or there's a new NexGuard Plus now. Both of those are great. They, they're just broader spectrum as well. They cover worms as well as fleas and ticks. Nice. They don't last as long. You have to do them every month right. to make it work. But I, I think it's worth it because of... And we'll go into internal parasites yeah, in another, another episode. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's important too. And so if you're going to pick a preventative, why not choose one that covers multiple parasites? Right. And then you don't have to worry about anything. Let's see. Okay, so let's go to the second goal. Besides killing those adults, we want to clear the biomass. So in the past, there was all these flea bombs and knockout sprays and stuff. I actually don't recommend those anymore just because it's gross to put all those chemicals in your house yeah. all the time. And then... All that like film of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's not going to kill the pupa like we talked about right. or the cocoons. And what with the new isoxazoline only medications, they kill fleas so quickly. If you didn't do any environmental treatment, that would clear out within about three months. Like all the new ones would hatch and then jump on your pet and die. <laughs> nice. And then hatch, jump on them and die. As long as you keep that, that right. medicine on board, that will clear out the biomass for you. Nice. It, but it takes a while. It takes right. three months. So you're going to be seeing fleas as they keep hatching that whole time. But to speed it up, you could just simply vacuum daily because there's new ones. And then sweep and empty the canister every day. Don't let it just sit in the vacuum. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I would say with time, it'll just take care of itself if you keep the fleet control on board. Okay. Yeah. Great. And then, so one thing I get all the time in the ER is oh. they say, I've put on garlic or I've given them garlic or I've used diatomaceous earth, mm. um, brewer's yeast, like all sorts of natural things. Yes. What I've are heard your... cedar bedding too. Cedar oh, bedding. but he sleeps on cedar bedding. So what are your thoughts on those? <laughs> so generally to make a long story short, no, they don't work. They're not going to kill your fleas, but we can go through it a little bit. So yeah. diatomaceous earth, 
what it is is a very fine powdery clay, like very, very tiny pieces, like almost aerosolized if you poof, if you threw it around. (laughs) And so the idea is if an insect crawls through it, they get stuck in it. And the packages of the diatomaceous earth claim that it'll dry out the insect and kill it. Fleas, they have this really tough exoskeleton. They're not going to dry out. And they're going to happily jump over the trail of diatomaceous earth that you have tried yeah. to put on right, the floor. The right. <laughs> they don't crawl. They yeah. jump. <laughs> and then they are on the pet. They are not like you. So and I don't want anybody to put diatomaceous earth on their pet because then that's gross. And it's very tiny particles that they could inhale. And it's just not a good thing to put on your pet. I guess it would slow down some larva, like if you were to find a pile of flea larva True, and yeah. dump some right. <laughs> diatomaceous right. earth on it, it would probably slow them down a little yeah. bit, yeah. But how are you going to put diatomaceous earth everywhere? Right. Because right. they're salt shakers and they're they're all over. Exactly. So I just think it's not going to work. Maybe it would for some other slow crawling insect that's in one spot. Yeah. That's just not the case with fleas. Um, and then garlic is probably is toxic. I did a whole podcast okay, on toxic, toxicity <laughs> of garlic, yes. So I don't think anybody should be feeding their pet garlic. And I, I think it would be hard to feed them enough of it so that it was like the pet started seeping garlic out of its pores to, to, to deter a flea. And I, I don't know if there's been any studies on that, honestly, but I imagine that a garlicky pet is not going to stop a flea from yeah. biting it. Um, so Brevecto doesn't stop a flea from biting it either. Right. It's going to bite and then right. die. And then die. Yeah, Afterwards, it, right got the brevecto inside of it garlic doesn't itself kill please i think the idea is that it would repel them and the same with like vinegar isn't the what is it cider vinegar cider, the apple cider and, vinegar yeah mm-hmm. feed your mm-hmm. pet that and that'll repel the fleas i don't think so. yeah <laughs> it's not gonna stop a flea i don't right. think they could eat enough of it to make it work and and the potential for toxicity is there and then if you're trying to like smear garlic all over your pet like how awful is that like don't <laughs> do it okay <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> and one other thing we hadn't really talked about before, what do you think about flea collars and mm. the Soresto collar specifically? Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah. That one actually works pretty well. It's got the same ingredient that's in Advantage. Mm-hmm. It's called imidacloprid, and it repels, that doesn't repel, it kills fleas, but just not as quickly as the other ones. But it's just like putting Advantage on. Yeah. But it's in a slow release. So it's nice economical option for people that have multiple pets and can't afford to get Brevecto all the time for everybody. It um, lasts for eight months. Yeah, right? six to eight or something like yeah. that. It, the collar itself is pretty spenny. It's, I want to say 80 bucks, but um, again, it lasts a long time and they have them for both dogs and cats. It's been proven to be safe for the most part. I think it's a good option. Yeah. Nice. The resto collars work. Yeah. What about other flea collars? No, show? don't do the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> The other ones don't have imidacloprid in them. They usually have some sort of pyrethrin or, or permethrin mm-hmm. that's just toxic to cats. We should have done another podcast on. Okay, so, good. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just be careful and make sure it's labeled for cats if you're going to try anything mm-hmm. first. But yeah, those ones, they just, they don't kill fleas quickly enough to make a difference. They will kill them, yep. I think, but maybe it takes a week or two. And how many eggs has she laid right. by then? Exactly. Four times seven, 280 eggs. Yeah. <laughs> And that's minimum. That's just one. That's one, one flea. flea. That's, yeah. 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 So it's not going to kill them quickly enough. They stink. They can be toxic. It's not worth your money. When I okay. see people come in with those on, I take them off and I throw them in the trash. Yeah. I say, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you want a collar? Get us a resto collar. That right. will actually do something. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to kind of summarize a little bit for us just about fleas real quick? Yes. In summary, fleas are nasty. <laughs> They're harmful. They're blood-sucking parasites, and they spread disease. Mm-hmm. Not just to our pets, but to people as well. And once they establish an infestation, it takes about three months to get rid of them. And that's only if you treat right away with the first sign of fleas. So it could take longer. So it's just better to never worry about them in the first place. And I think they should be killed, all of them. <laughs> it's my, it would be an amazing thing if we could eradicate them from right. this world. But it's just not going to happen because they're, right. too, they're too smart. And you know, we're talking about all these like beneficial things that, that animals have, even if they're like, things that kill us and stuff but i I just don't i have not found anything beneficial about a flea no or like mosquitoes mosquitoes. right or wasps i know right there's some like pollinating wasps but like the the jack the yellow jackets and the the murder wasps what the the hell no yes (laughs) they're good for nothing (laughs) yeah yeah bald face hornets oh i hate those yeah but fleas ticks and mosquitoes they seem to have no purpose other than to torment other behaves <laughs> and in my opinion they all should be killed yeah. um so please keep up your fleet control year-round on your cat perfect <laughs> well I, I have to ask my one question here for the end here okay why do you like flea stuff and just like ticks and stuff in general so much i guess because they are disgusting and fascinating all at the same time it's so true yeah yes and i find infectious diseases pretty amazing and interesting as well mm-hmm. you know there's some things that just float people's boats right like yeah yeah <laughs> why absolutely. do you like this i don't know right i think it's really fun all right thank you again dr z i super appreciate you coming on yeah. i'm already itchy i'm okay. sure lots of other people <laughs> are as well so yes. we really appreciate all of your knowledge on this uh subject oh you're so welcome my my very much pleasure i hope that <laughs> all right next time we're going to be talking about chicks yeah All right. So until then, as always, keep your pets happy, healthy, and safe. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening this week. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or you just want to say hi, you can email me at shugs, S-U-G-G-S, at vetsplanationpodcast.com, or visit the website at vetsplanationpodcast.com, or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok at Vetsplanation. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you back here next week.